Hello and welcome to the podcast series called Behind the Athlete. My name is Raf Agostino and I have the privilege of working at School Sport Victoria. You might have noticed that we're really excited by the athletes that have come through our Team Vic pathway, the athletes we're calling Team Vic alumni. These athletes have gone on to be elite athletes and even wear the green and gold and represent their country and become an Olympian. We're pretty excited by that. So we knew there were life lessons to be learned by talking to not just the athletes, but the people who are support staff and have played a significant role in these athletes becoming who they are. So enjoy this short podcast series called Behind the Athletes as we dive into the ups and the downs, the highs and the lows, as we talk to parents, coaches, teachers, principals, anyone who's had a significant part in these Team Vic alumni athletes becoming elite athletes and Olympians. We're really excited and we hope you get lots of lessons out of this short series. Enjoy. Did you know School Sport Victoria offers 650,000 sporting opportunities in 31 different sports? At 10,700 events across the state every single year. That's a lot of kids playing sport. And for over 25 years, the Victorian School Sports Awards have recognised more than 1,500 students, teachers and volunteers for excellence and outstanding contribution to school sport. Now that's a champion effort. Hello and welcome to the podcast Behind the Athlete and we are here with the very lovely Brenda and Peter Cashin who are actually the mum and dad of Amy Cashin, an athlete who came through our Team Vic program. Welcome Brenda and Peter. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, good to see you. Um, nice to be here. Um, yeah, like Amy, um, involvement with Team Vic's gone on for many, many years. Uh, um, years of a secondary school. She wasn't someone involved in the primary school. She came into it in about, uh, she went with Athsvik in year seven and then she loves the cross country and she then moved over to Team Vic in, from year eight through to year 12. Um, so, yeah, what would you like to know about her? Well, look, we just want to uh, touch base and, and our idea is just to talk to the the parents that are behind the athlete because look we look at these athletes and they hit the track and they perform well but we're not silly we know there's lots of driving lots of hours spent in in the car cold mornings to to dry route to locations so we just wanted to have a chat to you guys about that but tell me when did you realize that amy may one day become an olympian and, and represent australia well, that's a tough one. I laugh with a lady at work because she always, she's for years said, do you think she can make the Olympics? And I've always said, there's a lot of good runners out there. You never know what's going to happen. So I was actually able to go in and say, well, she's done it. Right. I mean, that's really good. Hey, if I could just get you to turn the camera when you do speak so you can t- speak directly at the screen then because your um, Peter's voice is very clear and you're struggling a bit, Brenda, but so you, you now can say she's made it. She's, you know, this is, uh, she's a debutante in the Olympics, so it's pretty exciting stuff for her. Tell me, how was she when she found out? What, what was her reaction? 
Uh-huh. Absolutely stoked. Uh, I mean, she was done. We were. She was did it in Portland in the USA. Yeah. And uh, so I was sort of watching the time splits and that, and not believing my eyes because it was a significant <laughs> P- PB. And uh, when we saw footage of her, she looked exhausted in that. Uh, we caught up with her a bit after the race. She was very sore. Felt she pulled up. Because she was basically over there without support. She was on her own. She travelled from West Virginia. She didn't have a coach. She went across there, paid for her own airfare accommodation and everything. And so we spent a bit of time that night when she was in the motel room on her own. And uh, she was just saying how she was a bit – because she obviously didn't get around to getting physio or any rub down afterwards. She just sort of made her way back to her space and – she was excited and um, she knew that she could do it, which was surprising for us because we didn't expect her to get a qualifier. But she actually in herself believed in herself and uh, knew, that, knew how her training had been going. And she was obviously incredibly excited, but she was also, uh, and probably couldn't sleep much, but she was also very sore and she had to get on the plane the next day. So she was in sort of... Uh, I don't know, a, a great state, but maybe not so great physically. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty tired, I'm sure. And, and just tell everyone what her event is, like anyone listening. What What is she competing in at the Olympics? 3,000-metre steeplechase. Yep. No, that is not done on horseback. It is the one where the athlete actually runs it themselves. Uh, there's they, uh, steeple barriers uh, and... There's 14 barriers they have to... There's seven and a half laps and there's probably about 35 barriers in that. And every time they go around, they have to do uh, a water jump, which is you jump over the barrier and then you've got to clear a pit of water. So it's it's an event that actually takes uh, endurance. It takes uh, resilience a bit. Uh, You've got to be reasonably coordinated and you've still got to have uh, a bit of speed. So it is a grueling event. Mm-hmm. It's a tough event, uh, but it's it's uh, yeah, it, it's a little bit different to just running a three k on the track. Yeah, I bet. I mean, it, it's not just running a three k; it's jumping over quite a substantial barrier and getting through water as well. And the water tends to slow people down. It's you know, it's a bit of an action-packed event. What, what advice would you give to parents that you know? thinking that they've got the next Olympian or an Olympian living with them at home now? What would you say to those parents? Well, it's it's interesting. Depending on their age, like when Amy was young, mm-hmm. she was determined. She socialised a lot. She she basically enjoyed her running, but she wasn't a world beater. And as I said, she only really came into Team Vic in secondary uh, school. Uh, she didn't get picked in, in, say, Athletics Australia talent squads. Uh, so, look, I reckon the, the main thing is you just appreciate the effort and the commitment that they make uh, when they hop on that starting line. Um, don't be in a hurry. Let them enjoy being a kid if they're young. So, just give them a chance, basically, to enjoy the sport. Um, it doesn't matter if they don't have a good outcome. It's not the world will keep spinning. Life goes on. Um, basically, and don't, Berkey, her coach, Peter Burke, he used to say, don't go to the well too often. And what he meant by that was they don't need to compete at every uh, 
state championship. They don't need to compete at every national championship. They don't need to do more than one event. You know, to, it's not about, um, I guess it's about a lot more than uh, worrying about the end result, where they place. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I, I think it's... Say, Brent. Well, I, Go on, say, I think it's really important that you let them develop at their pace and not what you think they should be doing and not what other athletes are doing because everybody has their own biomechanics. Everybody has their own um, development. Like some people are early developers. Some athletes develop it later. Just let them – don't be too be concerned about what others are doing. Be just let them develop at their pace. Yeah. Have patience. Yes. Yeah, I love that um, advice that you've given because, you know, what you just said before too, Peter, which complements what Brenda just said, let, just let them be kids, let them grow up, let them enjoy the sport from a young age. And, and you know, I guess in addition to that is don't, don't push them too early because if you, you know, as parents, if we push our kids too early, they can have, you know, have too much pressure early on as well. So I think that's great advice, what you've got. Have you got anything else to add there, Peter? Oh, look, I, I, look, when Amy started off, she would uh, – so, but the main thing was the socialising. So she'd go down to training, and her coach was – was is he very patient, right? He, he doesn't really want – he's not worried about someone being a champion as a young child. He's more looking to the long-term future of that person. Uh, and I think – like there were times when she'd just play in the sand pit, and uh, there were other. He also coached Morgan Mitchell, right, at the yep. same time, and they could be out there with a girl who now plays footy for Collingwood, just kicking a soccer ball around instead of doing reps. Yep. And he was never worried about that. Uh, he, he knew that, uh, and he knew that you, sh- you know, it, did, it didn't really. You don't really have to train too hard as a junior. There's no need to. Um, that can come later on when your body's ready for it. Uh, so I really think it's a, it's it's an, a wide appreciation. I probably said it before, but it's about getting in, we get involved in the sport as parents. So both Brenda and I are on uh, the committee for Western Athletics. Oh, when she was at, when she was at Little Ats, we were also there helping. We didn't hover around Amy. We weren't too worried about how she went in the race. We liked to watch one of her events, if there were five events on, if we could, but we kept busy. <laughs> anyway, you go talk, Ben. But, yeah, I, I just think it's all about it's all about not putting pressure on the kid. Um, and just, look, sometimes if they have got the talent, a lot of other things have to go right too around them. It's not so, you know, there's a lot of other pieces to the jigsaw. I just saw you before, Brenda, when, when he was talking and saying you're on the committee and you did stuff. And, and being a little ass, I, I used to be involved in a committee too. And you're just so busy on those Saturdays. You, you know, you want to see, in my case, it was my son jump or my son run. But sometimes you just have to rake that pit. You just have to measure that discus throw and you're just so busy. I was a ticket writer, so I actually didn't get to see any events. Right. And at one stage... This was with our son, Liam. I went to check something with the ticket and teared him in the front state, and he actually stopped and looked at me and said, what, Mum? I said, I'm cheering you. And he had so never heard me cheer him that he wondered what was wrong. But just just, just on the sports bit also, um, 
it's also allowing them to choose the sport that they want, not what right. you want. Yeah. Um, Amy, uh, yeah, Amy did swimming. I just wanted them to be able to swim. Uh, she did gymnastics, and that stayed part of her until she went to America, as she was uh, when she wasn't uh, doing athletic. Uh, she was coaching gymnastics, so she coached gymnastics, and that helped her in her development of her social yeah. side and her coaching side. She saw it from right. both an athlete and a coach at the impact. So allowing, because a child will actually, an athlete will actually get gravitate to the sport they want to do and they will let you know rather than you let them know that's fantastic what great advice that is because i i think sometimes and you know this is not for every parent but sometimes parents think i want my child to be the next footy player the next you know afl player rugby player what soccer player whatever it might be and it's important for them to choose a sport because really it's it's their life and they're the ones that have to be the disciplined ones to do it, which is great. Mm. Just coming back, you, you mentioned that you have another son named Liam, but how did you manage the attention between all your kids? You know, because you've got kids that, you know, have achieved at different levels. What, what did you do around that? Well, we sort of divided it there for a while. We've got an older daughter, older daughter, Shani, and she did yep. gymnastics. Yeah. Um, I tended to go to the gymnastics and Peter tended to do the athletics because I wasn't keen on athletics. Um, <laughs> things change, I guess. I now compete. Oh, that's um, awesome. <laughs> I now compete as a, um, with the seniors, but I took Shani to where she needed to go. Uh, and with Liam, he did cricket and in summer, and then he decided to give up that's cricket funny. and footy in winter, but he decided to give up cricket because he gave up delays to go to seniors because right. cricket moved from a Friday night to a Saturday morning. So he was doing Saturday morning cricket athletics in the afternoon. Wow. And then he decided to give up cricket on his own bat. Amy, she, gymnastics tended to be during the week. The only time there was a clash, I've got a bit cranky with her, was she asked if she could compete in a competition to go through to States for gymnastics. Yep which was fine, but the, the big champs were on the same weekend as some relays. And I sort of thought, well, you know, be careful, they'll clash. And she made it through on vault in um, the gymnastics comp. And I just shook my head because I thought, well, that's just complicated that weekend because we had to get it to Doncaster then to here. But fortunately, she decided that gymnastics wasn't quite for her mm -hmm. um, and her passion was running. Yeah. I think like you do have to be prepared to give some time. Um, that's not, as I said, that's not necessarily hovering around. Like when I helped out with cricket or footy, if there was a job to be done there, and I did a few years team manager and that. And I mean, it's really important uh, that they get to choose their sport. It really is because uh, like Liam was a pretty good all-rounder. He, he made a few little rep teams along the way. And he was, um, you know, he ended up being a good uh, bowler for cricket. And uh, but in the end, uh, the choice was his, you know. And we we never stepped in and said you have to make a choice. He just made it, and it was all very natural. Um, and it all happened coming from them. And I guess basically um, the other thing I reckon to do too is with your kids is that not they're not always going to have the same sporting ability. 
Yeah. Ours, ours are pretty capable at, at sport, uh, but I reckon you've got to be prepared to uh, um, acknowledge all their other achievements in life. So there's a lot of other things in life yeah. besides sport. So I think you've got to keep an ear out for that. So when they do well, whether it's academically or socially or something, leadership, something like that, I think making recognising that will help with any sort of uh, concerns you they might have about someone doing better than them in a, in a race or whatever. Go on. The thing that Amy kind of focused on too, uh, when she started secondary school, I think Maribyrnong was just opening up and the option was there and she said, no, um, school was for my academics. I've got my coach for my athletics. And Liam was very much the same. same. So now they've got friendship groups that are not only involved in athletics, they're their mates from secondary school that have got no interest in sport, but they've got that balance. So it's not all about focused on sport and them. There's a whole range of interests. And that was Williamstown High where she attended in the end? Werribee Secondary. Sorry, Werribee Secondary College. Sorry about that. Yep, Werribee Secondary College. I did think it was Werribee, but I thought you mentioned um, Williamstown before. So I thought um, when you mentioned Western um, Athletics. No, no. might have been when we mentioned Morgan Mitchell because Morgan Mitchell went to Werribee Secondary and right. then to Williamstown High. Ah, oh, gotcha. Yeah. So they went to school for about a year together. But um, no. Well, yeah. you hit on an interesting um, aspect there, Peter, because people may not know you guys wear a couple of hats. Like I've, I've learned that you're involved in your kids' sport, which is great. And what actually it sounds like is you were very busy with, with your kids playing cricket, footy, um, gymnastics, all of that. But you also your teachers as well, is that correct? You you both teach at the moment. I'm an integration aid, education yep. support. Yep. yep. And uh, I've been a teacher around Hoppers Cross area for too many years. So I'm getting to the stage now where I'm actually using up some long service leave with a view to retire. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it's uh, anybody who's a teacher will know it's a huge commitment. So yep. yeah, I guess it's. There's a bit of selflessness. You need to just put yourself aside at times and, and make sure you bring up your kids well and do your job. Um, and so we've gone through that. Uh, and the rewards are that, you know, we're re- really happy. They're nice, balanced balanced kids. They're capable kids. Uh, you know, uh, I think, I think uh, I've probably got a bit more time now, but I'll put that into sports still. I'll still yep. put it into Western Athletics and uh, whatever else comes along. Look, I, I think you're being you're both being very modest and we'd expect that from two humble people. But the people we speak to about Amy and, you know, Amy has just recently come on our radar because, you know, she's made an Olympic team and all of that and she's come through the team program. But everyone we've talked to says she's a great athlete, but she's just such a beautiful person. So, I, you know, when you said before that you've got well-balanced kids, I think you really do. You've got amazing kids and, and Amy's no exception there. Tell me, how did you balance? Because what you said before, Peter, was important, that sometimes it may not be sport, it might be academic. So how did Amy balance the the need to train as an elite athlete, which meant probably 20 to 30 hours a week, and then having to do education you're shaking your head brenda she didn't try she didn't train very often <laughs> she, did. she did the training but it wasn't like when she was doing gymnastics 
gymnastics took a long time. That was usually eight hours to nine hours of training a week. Yeah. Yeah. But Amy, when she was quite young, like when she was 15, how many Ks was she doing a week? 30 Ks a week. And she'd get so cross because everyone else was doing a lot more running. <laughs> but but she was sort of being nurtured through the growth, growing things because yeah. if you talk to people, they talk about Oshkudschladders and all sorts yeah. of things yeah. that happen to young people when they're growing up. And you've got to – nurture them through their injuries and, and give them hope that it's not the end of the world if you just manage it um, and not push yourself because we know that you want to go out and do all those Ks, but it's not necessarily better for you in the long run. But I think also that she also had a natural bent for learning. Right. Like she always had a, a curiosity and um, and she has been lucky with um, – like one of her teachers was a sprinter. Um, he he was a, a top sprinter, and so they used to have great discussions about injuries in grade six, yeah. uh, injury management. And um, so she had people that she could fall on for advice, and I think she, she's just always had that curiosity for learning. That's great. She's, she's somebody who likes lots of – she likes the social side, She but she – you know, she's uh, – She'll lead things. She won't. She's not a bookworm by any means. Uh, like she, she's uh, she'll take on leadership roles and she'll do all those sorts of things. So just she's well rounded. And I guess if anybody's managing it, it it's herself. She's the one mm. who's. We're not sort of setting anything for her to do when she should do a work or anything like that. Whereas you can gather we're a bit busy, but she's managed those things really well and. Uh, She's also had a – we were lucky in the coach that she got. Uh, Berkey was a, was really good in that he wasn't in a hurry to get her mileage up. So as Brenda said, at 15, and she was getting some good results at state and national level at, at that age, and she was probably doing three and sometimes four reps, you know, on a Tuesday and three or four reps on a Thursday, a, a run on the – Sunday at the Yi Yangs, but it could be a short one, you know, 30, 40 minutes if she'd had a tough race on the Saturday. Uh, and it was all about the – like, um, it was – it worked out, you know. Uh, she still had to- plenty of time to have a lot of fun. It sounds like quant- qu- um, quality over quantity, which is, you know, I know what Peter's all about, which is fantastic. But, Peter, you mentioned the fun. What did you guys as parents do – to help foster the fun in sport because there's there's competitive sport and that's really important in some ways. But let's face it, there's a vast majority of kids that just want to go out and kick a ball, go out and run around, and there's nothing wrong with that. They won't make an Olympics. There's nothing wrong with that. So what did you do to keep fostering the fun in the sport for, for your kids and for Amy in particular? Really they really – we never put pressure on them to, um, like, we were always really happy for them when they won. We were disappointed for them, not in them, if they didn't have a good race. Mm -hmm. But if you talk to anyone who has been involved in school sports, Victoria and I'm, um, over the years when she went on their holidays, her and her cohort had a lot of what you term quite innocent fun, um, like see how much ice cream you could eat. And she's, it's, it's always been a lot of 
she's always up for a a, a, um, a dance, yep. sing along, and I think that's just her personality. They just she just she just wants to have fun. Yeah, and she will make things fun for her. And I think um, if you can foster that in your child by, like I said, when they when they do have a, a disappointing outcome in a race or something some of them can go really hard on themselves and you can you know either give them space and just dis- be disappointed for them um but it's learning how to manage that disappointment that can be tricky yeah so that you don't um get a flare up and a bit of crankiness thrown your way and you try and keep it so that they're managing their sense of fun mm-hmm. their sense of emotions that's great. That's great advice. And, and I mean, realistically, it's easy for anyone to enjoy sport when they're winning, but it's in the disappointments, it's in the injuries, it's in the my results aren't where they, I want them to be. Yep. That's the important part. And, and it sounds like what you're saying is that Amy really built some good friendships around her so that when there, when it was a downtime, when there was an injury she had to manage, she would rely and lean on that friendship and that would be where the fun would come from. Would that be accurate? Yeah, like if she'd have a, a poor race or yeah. something like that at one of the, she would we wouldn't see her after the race. Not because she'd be really cranky or anything. It's because she's gone off with the other girls and they cool down <laughs> yeah. and they chat and they talk. And by the time she came back, she'd be right to not necessarily talk about it, but but just sort of feel like okay, yeah. I'm okay now. But yeah. that having that time after a race to talk to her her peers and her coach and all those around her to know it's not the end of the world was pretty important when she was young, I think. Yeah, she deals she she with uh, any of those disappointments and she processes it. Liam's the same. Shani's the same. They just go through that process. And the fact that, like, yeah, look, and the fact that she had those good relationships with people meant that she could uh, put it in perspective. Yeah. And, and so if she didn't quite get that perspective, that uh, whatever what everybody else might have expected she would attain or, or in her own head. Yeah. But it didn't matter because, uh, as Brenda said, you know, 10 minutes after she's out jogging with her mates, having a bit of fun and, and a laugh, and by the time we get to see her, she's sort of uh, put the disappointment behind her and uh, or, and she's probably processing with Berkey, you know, what, what have I picked up about this? What have I learned? Yeah. That's fantastic. I think you've given a really good tip. You both, you got something else to say to Brenda? Go on. I was just going to say, I think we also had to learn that for ourselves. Yeah. Um, not when to give them space. Yeah, good point. Because when the kid's a little, you want to you want to wrap them up and make sure they're all yep. better. You, know, you, you want to, you know, but you've got to let them grow and, and find their own space. I think we had to learn that. Yeah. yeah, I think it's about what I said. You don't want to hover around too much. You just yeah. you got to give them that, and you've got to let them. You know, you don't. I don't think you want to be too much of a fixed unit. One thing that helped us, we we had a coach, or, you know, and and we didn't organise that. He just uh, sent one of his um, runners across one day at a cross country and asked Amy if she'd want to do some training, mm. and, and it was very easy going. It and and. And uh, being able for us to sort of not be the coach um, mm. of her, it meant that uh, it, I think that was good for her too because, you yeah. know, we weren't 
I, I didn't have a mixed job to do. I did yeah. have to be a parent and a coach. You guys are virtually running this podcast, this interview, your own, because I, I'm. We're about to get to that answer there, Peter. But that what I was about to say before, Brenda, um, before I let you talk, is realistically, you hit on a really important aspect for parents, and I, I just want to highlight that again. In that, sometimes as parents, when a kid has a race and they they're at the end of the track and they're upset or they've not got the result they wanted we want to pick them up and and console them and take them home and give them ice cream or whatever it might be but actually it's probably good for them to go and sort themselves out with their friends and then deal with it their way and then come back to us but that is a very hard trait to learn coming back to what you said peter how does a parent keep the boundary between being a parent and being a coach because fact is anyone can be Amy's coach. You could pick several people in the world to be Amy's coach, but only two people in the world can be her parents. That's you two. So if you don't do your role, so how does a parent make sure that they keep their defined role in place, so to speak? Because you've obviously had to learn that. Yeah, look, I think there's, there's, there's a thing called trust, uh, yeah. In, yeah. in the coach and a, and a thing called respect and yeah. for the coach and that's good I think that comes comes from uh, communication I suspect it comes out of there and uh, look we were told that he was a good coach and and he, early on in the piece he, he he made us aware that he was looking at the long term yeah he didn't talk about you know going to nationals or going to states and winning things uh, and sometimes we'd have a query on that. Like uh, we went across, I think it was in around 2009 or 10 to Hobart to do it. And, and she was entered in the 3K instead of the 3K steeple. And she'd won the 3K steeple at the previous nationals in, in Canberra. And I guess in my head, I thought, how come we're not doing the steeple this year? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. yep. So, uh, I had this query and I just thought the best thing you can do is, is talk to the coach and uh, and sort of find out the logic behind it. And we've had that sort of relationship pretty much the whole way. So we, we end up being on the same page. We're not giving mixed messages. I've, yeah. You know, I've, I've actually seen over times where a coach might be telling an athlete one thing as a, as a junior athlete, you know, when they don't, when they're, largely influenced and it's not really a partnership where the athletes older and, and giving that information back and the feedback and it's worked out together as it when when the athletes are a lot younger the coach is quite a an important role but um and if they're to asking the athlete to do something and then a parent comes in with a mixed message because they they want a different result uh, then i reckon that really confuses uh, the child, and I think it actually undermines the relationship between the coach and the athlete, yeah, as well point. as the relationship you build as a as a family. Um, a lot with within athletics, uh, the bond with a, a coach with their athlete is incredibly yep. close, yep. and it also permeates beyond that into the family, and uh, you end up basically with a friendship uh, lifelong if you do it the right way. That's so good. Can I also say one of the benefits we had, well, for me personally, um, me not knowing anything about running meant that I wasn't able to coach Amy. So 
I never had to suffer that, oh, this is what you do, because I could honestly say, look, I really don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so I'm quite happy to handball it to a coach. So you can you can plead dumb. I don't know much about yeah. running. Even though but you I, compete I have, now, you've given that away. You, you're a competitor now. I still don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, but I, I have to say, though, I know cases where parents have coached their children. Yeah. One of them's an Olympian, actually, and it's worked. Yes. And sometimes I think it's because of the family situation where the guidelines are made clear. There, there has to be a clear marking between when a parent, this is when I'm your coach, yeah. and this is when I'm being your parent. Yeah, fantastic. And it takes a very a very strong parent to be able to do that and yep. a good relationship between um, athlete, child, coach, parent. Oh, exactly. Because sometimes and, uh, it can. You've hit the Go nail on. on the head. There's there's a few, very few um, cases where the parent is the coach. In fact, I can only think of one. Now, I don't know every single athlete and every single Olympian, but Brooke Stratton is the one that I'm thinking of, probably the one you were thinking of, where yep. Russell uh-huh. Stratton is a phenomenal parent and a phenomenal coach, and he yep. is still getting amazing results out of his daughter. So why break anything? That Why fix anything that's not broken, so to speak? But it's very yep. rare. It's It's more common for an athlete to have a coach and to then lean on parents when they need, when that athlete needs support, yeah. when something goes wrong. Um, it, sometimes a coach relationship can break down, at least as the parents go back to. So it's important that yeah. that, that is acknowledged. So you've, you've given some mm. pretty amazing um, answers here. I think there's going to be some pretty good gold that comes out of this for the parents that listen. Good. I'm glad. Brilliant stuff. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Heath, for joining us today. And we we look forward to seeing Amy hit the, the 3K steeple. I know that uh, we talked about this just before we started, that she probably will be shaking the hands of every person and smiling and really relaxed. And even though she's probably going to smash them, she's um, going to do it with a smile <laughs> on her face and enjoy the, her time. And we, we look forward to, no matter what her result is, we look forward to seeing how she continues to blossom as a individual, a human being and, Uh, an athlete as well so congratulations on both this achievement because realistically you guys have played a part in her being who she is today and thank you to you and school sports victoria because they've helped her along the way too by providing her um opportunities to to um exceed succeed yeah, well, it's probably exceeded what we thought yeah thanks guys at, at school sport um for all you do uh, really appreciate it, and um, it certainly gave both of our kids uh, a, a lot of enjoyment. Um, anybody who's still involved in the in the back in the days when Liam and Amy yeah. were involved, thank you very much. No worries, thank you. And uh, this will be up in uh, not too distant future during the Olympics. But go well, and we look forward to hearing how she goes. And please do send us any results that you've got as well. We will. No worries. Thank you. Thank you.